Welcome to Women in B2B Marketing, a show where CMOs, VPs of marketing, and all strong women leaders in B2B discuss their top tactics, strategies, and tips for building high-performing teams, leveraging trends, and ultimately rocking their marketing careers. Made by and for women, insightful for all. I'm your host and 15-year B2B marketer, Jane Sarah. Let's dive in. All right. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Women in B2B Marketing. And today we have with us, I'm super excited to announce, Mandy McEwen. You probably already know her name. She probably doesn't need an introduction because she's all over everyone's LinkedIn. (laughs) Founder and CEO of Mod Girl Marketing and Luminetics Social Selling, digital marketers, LinkedIn subject matter expert and podcast host international keynote speaker, go-to guru for all things LinkedIn, and digital nomad and traveler of my dreams. (laughs) Mandy, so good to have you. Thanks so much for the fabulous intro, Jane. Happy to be here. (laughs) Thank you. We're definitely going to dive into LinkedIn and personal branding, and there's so many tips I'd love for you to share, and and definitely any kind of new things that are coming our way that we should know about with LinkedIn, because it's ever-changing, it seems. It is. But Before we dive into all that, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you and how you first got into branding and and marketing, what your first kind of foray into this was. Yeah, that it's an interesting story, girl. It's an interesting story. I'll give you the (laughs) short version. So I've always been kind of a a computer nerd and uh, wanted to kind of do my own thing post-college. So I fell in love with the idea of online marketing and how to make money. I did not major in marketing. I majored in psychology and Spanish about marketing at all, except for obviously the psychological aspect of it and sales. And then I did myself HTML, then eventually WordPress, then SEO. And I started making a bunch of affiliate websites online while I had a full-time sales job. Uh, post-college. And I was like, this is awesome. And but I, so I started making money from it. And I was like, oh, cool. I found a way to make money online. But it was like $10. I was selling like dog treats yeah. or something like it was affiliate <laughs> products, you know, dating websites, like anything that I could find. And I'd rank it in Google. And I was like, this is not going to allow me to quit my job. Like this ain't going to cut. Yeah. So then I started flipping websites on flippa.com. Mm. Have you heard of flippa.com? No. It's awesome. It still exists to this day. So it's basically, if you think of like flipping real estate, like you yeah. buy a house, you flip it, you sell it for profits. The same concept, but for online real estate, digital real estate. So I love creating brands and, and websites and I'm really good at it and creative. So I would create these brands and get them ranked in Google. Anything from, I did a lot of fitness and, and animal stuff because that's what I like. So like horse training and dog for all the things, right? And fitness, Love randomness. It. And I would build these brands, get them ranked in Google. This was like circa 2007 when SEO was like the wild, wild west. Okay. Yes. So now a lot more difficult to do this, you know? Yeah. Um, so I would get them ranked. I'd go to flippa.com and I'd sell them. And I'd say, here's a, a brand. I created the logo, the brands. I have the website. It's ranking in Google and it's selling affiliate products and it's making $50 a month. Like even if it was like $50 or $100 a month, the fact that it was a brand getting traffic established and had growth potential, I would sell them for thousands of dollars. And I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Wow. Then that led me to getting freelance clients that, that would buy from me. So wealthy, random entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. Canadians, like he was one of my first clients was a Canadian guy that was like retired, had a bunch of money and just like did this for fun. And he's like, Hey, uh. I like your vibe. Can you make this website for me? Oh, I'm really into horses. I, I want to do this website too. I was like, okay, cool. So he started wow. giving me all this work and I was like, 
I think I could do this for people, you know? I'm like, yeah. I like this. This is super fun. And then that's what led me into like, maybe I should start an agency. And so when I was working my full-time sales job back in uh, Kansas City, that's when I decided to start an online marketing company. And then I got help from random people from Fiverr.com, et cetera. And then I just started yeah. helping local businesses in the Kansas City area. And then it turned into a business and I was able to quit my job. And here we are today. So that's kind of the backstory. Wow. That's so interesting. And you said Flippa, like F-L-I-P-P-A. Yeah. F-L-I-P-P-A. So funny. Yeah. And it's still around today. Yep. It's still Very around. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I have to check that out. So funny. Definitely. Yeah. And I actually like, it wasn't that easy to get clients. I actually offered free services at first to get people to trust mm-hmm. me because I was a yep. super young female in a male dominated industry. I was early twenties, right yep. out of college. All my competitors were men in their forties. So they're like, who's this random chick? Like she doesn't know what she's doing, you know? So yeah. I literally was like, I'll get you on the first page of Google for free. Do you don't have to pay me anything? pay me 500 bucks once I get you there and then we can talk. And it worked for like my first three clients. And then they would pay me to do websites again. And then that's all I needed was like three clients doing it for free. And then they referred me to people. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. And then the rest was, was, I didn't have to do it again. Right. But like in the beginning, I was like needed to prove my worth. So I literally went to Google and I typed in like chiropractor, Kansas city. And I just would message people on like the third page of Google and be like, Hey, bro, your site's on yeah. page three. No one's seeing you. <laughs> you know, let me yeah. help you. And Amazing. that's how I got like my first like local business clients. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what a lot of people still do today, right? Like yeah, their own yeah. like, hustle encourage. to go out there and get For their first sure. clients. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's all about social proof. Like you got to yes. prove that you know your stuff. So it's a great mm-hmm. way. Like I'm all for that, you know, but be smart about it. Obviously don't let people take advantage of you. I got really lucky and had amazing people that were super supportive and let me pay you more, you know, like they felt bad, you know, oh, so yeah. like it worked yeah. out. But yeah, that's technically how I got my first like agency clients was doing Very free cool. SEO. And yeah. how did that evolve into like the LinkedIn focus Girl. that there is today? <laughs> yeah, that's another loaded question. So I've done, I started my agency. <laughs> so I've been online marketing since 2007. And then I started yeah. my agency Mod Girl Marketing back in 2010. And we've done everything, right? Organic is our jam. So mainly social, SEO, blogging, all the things, but we did paid too. And then I started getting clients on LinkedIn circa 2015. Yeah. And um, I just kind of figured it out. And this was before people were really using it as a marketing tool. They were just kind of using it as like a resume tool. And Mm -hmm. I was like, man, there's something here. And so I started just landing clients on LinkedIn and I would tell people about it. So I had a lot of agency friends. I would tell about it literally helping them for free. And um, they were like, girl, whatever you just told me, I landed 15 calls this week from using LinkedIn exactly how you told me. I'm like, really? They're like, you should make a course on this. And I was like, okay. So I did. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Someone, you should do it. I'm like, okay, cool. Why not? So then I started helping other marketers and agency owners. And I had like a popular LinkedIn course. This was 2017. Yeah. You were like one of the original courses. It seems yeah, like. and LinkedIn like, for sure. Yeah, yes. Wow. And so I did like these courses for LinkedIn and they were crushing it. People were getting results and it was awesome. And then I could just cut typical like ADHD entrepreneur, like shiny object. Okay, I'm done with that. Let's go on to the next course and let's have to do a mastermind. Let's do this. Let's do this instead of just yeah. focusing. And then I got burnt out. 
And I was like, I'm over this course thing. I'm tired of doing webinars and being cheesy and be like, but today, if you sign up, you can get this. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm like, this uh-huh. is not my vibe. I'm done. So yeah. then I was like, but there's a, still a market here with LinkedIn. Like there's still something here. And then that's when I created a, a new a, a brand off my other brands, Mod Girl, just to ease the confusion because Mod Girl does, has done everything for everyone, basically. Yeah. Any types of business. We were really big into plastic surgery and healthcare. And I didn't want to confuse B2B companies and landing on my website and being like, what the hell, you know, like what's going on here? Yeah. yeah. So that's why I launched a new brand, Luminetics. And then we started, that's when like, it was pre-COVID. It was actually really good timing because it was yeah. right before COVID hit. And I wanted to go back into focusing on that. And then COVID hit and I was like, oh yeah, no, we're going all hands on deck with this B2B yes. because my healthcare clients were shutting down. Like all the B2C wow. stuff was a mess. Yes. And I was like, well, the universe wants me to go in this direction. So here we are. And so that's yeah. kind of what led me to now starting my consultancy, focusing on uh, training consulting systems for uh, LinkedIn and social selling. So interesting, because also I feel like during the pandemic, that's when everybody was all in on community and LinkedIn. Like that's when everyone spent yeah. so much more time on LinkedIn and time to totally. build my personal brand, right? So it's yes. the timing of everything just came together. Mm-hmm. For sure. So crazy. Now that you're focused on LinkedIn, or at least as as one of your many projects do Mm -hmm. what has changed the most over the past few years on linkedin is it as a brand or building a personal brand like a personal brand or a company's brand what's Mm -hmm. been the biggest change that you've seen happen the biggest change is that it is really hard to grow just a brand presence online like even these big companies that have a lot of budget like millions and millions of dollars of marketing budget a year they are struggling without dumping a ton of paid ads into LinkedIn to grow their company brand without the employees brands. And that's like the biggest shift that's happening is like companies are realizing like we need to capitalize on our people, the personal brands of our people, because they are our biggest advocates and people listen to people more than they listen to logos. If you look at like a small percentage of company pages that do a really, really excellent job on LinkedIn, but it's it's a small percentage, right? Yeah. It, typically, you look at the engagement from company page posts, and then you look at the engagement from, let's say, their executives and what they're posting. You just can't really compare it because it's coming from a human that has a personality and a soul <laughs> versus yeah. a brand that's like, yeah, brands have personality, but it's still like corporate you yeah. know what I mean? And a Posting. team of different people behind and, it. And multiple people. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's the biggest shift that's happening. And people are seeing it more and more. And LinkedIn's actually encouraging that. They want you to leverage your employees and have decent advocates that can promote the business and promote themselves and attract an audience and keep people on the platform longer. That's why LinkedIn loves it is because people stay on the platform longer when they're interacting with human beings not when they're interacting with company pages. And LinkedIn is all about, let's keep people on our platform for as long as possible. And they know that people interact with people, just like you said, Jane, like community, the community aspect. That's people. That's not company pages commenting on each other's stuff. You know, like these are human beings. So that's the main, you know, huge shift. You know, it's funny. Do you even, for your two brands, for Mod Girl Marketing and Luminetics, do, Mm -hmm. do you post on LinkedIn on their behalf? Or really focus on building your personal brand and leave yeah. those be? That's a good question. We do have a company page for Mod Girl. So because Luminetics is under the Mod Girl umbrella, everything is just, I keep it under the Mod Girl marketing brand. So we do yeah. post, but it's my content. So we take yeah. 
the same content, we might change a few words and we post the same exact stuff on the Mongrel marketing page. And then we have other stuff that goes out too, but it yeah. is important to still keep up with the company page because it is yeah. just like a brand perception thing. And, and I still get decent traction on it. So like I am and by no means saying don't focus on the company page because it's still really yeah. important, but you can't neglect the humans either. You can't neglect the personal profiles of your organization and just focus on yeah. the company page. Like you need both. Yep. So true. Well, one thing I've seen, and this could be just me, so totally subjective or just what I'm seeing myself in my LinkedIn feed, but it feels like even people that I follow who have tens of thousands of followers and, or even in some cases, a hundred thousand followers, right? They're getting less and less engagement lately. Do you know mm -hmm. why that could be or what tricks you're seeing with your, your clients to tell them to turn that around or how to turn that around? Or is that just kind of what we expect now? Yeah, it is what we expect now, right? So <laughs> LinkedIn is, and you're not wrong, this is this is actually happening, but LinkedIn is constantly tweaking their algorithm. Yeah. So uh, my friend Richard Vanderblom is like the, the algorithm expert. And so he posts what he finds all the time. And so for example, these things are changing all the time. Polls were crushing it a couple of years ago. And now these carousel posts have been crushing it. And then videos have historically not been great. And now videos are, are really going up and they're favoring videos. And I've noticed that my videos now perform better than almost anything. And that hasn't wow. been the case historically. Yeah. And so they're constantly just shifting and trying new things, but they're also changing like who sees what and the power of like, a comment and then the power of uh, someone else responding to that comment that isn't you, right? Like there's this hierarchy of like what's important that LinkedIn is always changing. And mm. so it, you know, it's like, obviously as my profession, this is my jam. I have to keep up with this, but I'm, I always tell clients like, just focus on quality, just focus yeah. on providing value. Like we're going to kill ourselves if we're constantly chasing the algorithm. But, like at the end of the day, if you're passionate about what you do and you're providing value and helping people, that's all that matters. And everything else yeah. will sort itself out. So like, don't trip, don't trip over those little tiny things because yeah. we're all experiencing it and you just have to be consistent. And that's the thing, like LinkedIn loves consistency. So those people that are consistent, it doesn't matter if your views are dropping and your engagement's dropping. As long as you're consistent, it all comes back and it's all going to be the same, you know? Yeah. And for consistency, does that mean we have to post every day? Nah. Not at all. Nope. Okay. Just be consistent. Like if you want to post once a week, then post once a week, but stick to it. You know, if you yeah. want to post twice a week, then post twice a week. You definitely do not. I don't actually recommend anyone post daily unless they are trying to boost their thought leadership and they have a lot to say in its quality content. Like when I train yeah. sales teams, I'm like two times a week. I would love you guys. Like, please let's like, let's just aim for two times a week and three times a week would be awesome because you can just share the company content. You can curate the company content and add your own two cents. Like, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to push it. Like, let's try to do twice a week. Even yeah. that I'm like, okay, just at least once start out, you know, like, I yeah. do not expect anyone to post daily. It's a lot. Sometimes I don't even post daily, you know, and I've been doing yeah. this for a very long time and I have a lot to say, as you can tell, but like, yeah. even for me, sometimes it's like, I don't think it's necessary to post every day. So yeah. what I mean by consistency is just show up. Like even if you post twice one week and maybe the next week you only post once, like that's totally fine. Just don't go three weeks without posting anything, yeah. you know? Guilty, have done that. <laughs> I go through like hey, a roller fine, coaster girl. where I'm like all in, I'll post a couple times for a few weeks, like each week for a few weeks. And then I'm just like, uh -huh. And I yeah. have a lull and it's just that's normal downhill. though. <laughs> that's normal. And that's where like curating content is super helpful. Like what yes. those weeks that you do have a lull where you're like, let's just share a 
inspiring or valuable post and let me add two sentences to it and it takes me two minutes, bam, done. There's my content. You don't always have to have like amazing, unique content. Like there's tons of people posting great content and you can always just curate it and it's still a way to keep your feed active. Yeah, so true. And do you recommend for your clients to plan it out and do you use any sort of tools to plan or schedule this out or are you more in the moment and have it be super authentic? I, it depends on the client, right? And who I'm working with, marketing teams versus salespeople, et cetera. So most companies I work with have a tool, like an employee advocacy tool where the marketing team is populating content for them. And I love that. And then you can usually schedule it, right? So I'm a big fan of using those obviously, but not just relying on those. So there's multiple answers to this question. (laughs) So always, always, always use your company's social tool that they provide the content for you. And then you can schedule it, add your own two cents, whatever. First things first, easiest way to put content out there. Then there are other ways you can schedule content. Like you can now schedule content directly on LinkedIn. So one one way, and then there's tools like a tool called Taplio, which is an awesome AI based LinkedIn tool that does a ton of things, but it'll give you content ideas and you can schedule it within that tool as well. So very cool. For me, how I work, I write my content a week in advance on Sunday nights. I come in or my my girl, Allie, helps me. Like we we talked through it. She kind of helps me write it all out. I go back Sunday night. I edit my things. I edit in. Yeah, (laughs) Allie's the best. And then Rocky posts it for me manually throughout the week. So I have a system down with my girls that we all three are helping each other out. And so I'm not physically the one that's on there manually posting. Now, sometimes I do schedule things like recently, a couple of times I scheduled it just to test out the tool. And I feel like I need to know like what the capabilities are. Come to find out you can't schedule multiple images because I had a post I wanted to schedule like my volcano pictures and I wanted to schedule that and they won't let you. They won't let me do like a multiple image scheduling post. Wow. So, yeah, what about the weird. carousel? Like if it's the PDF that you upload, yeah, you can that schedule one that. Yeah. You no, you okay. can schedule that. Yeah. Interesting. But not, yeah. But not like the image carousel. Cause you know, I know there are two different things and like people, yeah. but like on, on, on Instagram, we call them carousels if they're like multiple images yeah, or on yeah. LinkedIn carousels are like the PDFs. Right. But like yeah. the multiple images, uh, yeah, you can't schedule them. So I am a big fan of helping people make this easy for them. And yes. I know that people are not like marketers like me, right. And my team. So like for a lot of people it's and they're busy and the, this isn't their jam. And so for the, for us, for me to be like, Hey, just be fluid, log in every day, post yeah. this post when you want. It's like, what do you mean? Like, I don't even, you know, I don't even know where to begin. So yeah. I'm always like, let's figure out what tools work best for you. Let's figure yeah. out how we can make this work, leverage scheduling tools, leverage other tools, and let's make your life easy. But also yeah. keep in mind, Jane, that you need to be engaging like the moment stuff posts. So yeah. there's like, yes, there's like a catch 22 with this. Like I want you to schedule and save your time, but I also want you to be paying attention to when people are leaving comments because you better be responding to those comments that you're getting within the first hour. Yes. That. Okay. So you got my next question on the importance of comments and mm-hmm. timing of responding mm-hmm. to comments. Cause I did hear this. Maybe I learned this from you actually, <laughs> um, but that when people reply or comment on your post that you need to reply within the, the first hour, right? And the first mm-hmm. hour is yep. kind of the most important across the board. Yes. Is that the true golden or? hour? Okay. The golden hour. Yeah, that's true. But the, actually the first 20 minutes is the most important. So Ooh. the first 20 minutes, the more likes, the more comments, the more engagement, the more shares you get, the more reposts you get, the better. 
right? So technically like 20 minutes are those golden, but within the first hour is like when LinkedIn's paying attention more. Mm, Good to know. And the speed that you respond. So I've seen some people where they'll have a ton of comments and they'll log in later that night and reply to all of them. That's what works for Mm -hmm. them, right? Their schedule. Mm -hmm. But by Mm -hmm. then they've already lost some steam, right? Like you need to respond to the comments as they come in pretty much. Totally. Unless people are just leaving tons of comments and you have a big following or it goes viral. That's a little good different, problem you know, to have. Yeah. you know, that's a good <laughs> problem. To have. Then it doesn't matter because those people are leaving comments for you and getting it up. Right. But for the cool. majority of us who don't have thousands of comments, it does make a really big difference when you're in there and responding to those comments is, is you know, within the hour, I would say. Yeah. Right. So it's like my team isn't responding like immediately to all of them because they're doing other things, right? But I would say, especially within the first hour, we we don't go longer than like 15 minutes without responding to a comment. Yeah. So like, and the faster you can do that, the more LinkedIn sees that, hey, this post is valuable and people are engaging with it. So we're going to show it in more people's feeds. It's kind of like a flywheel part of their algorithm, huh? Where Mm -hmm. it's like the more Mm -hmm. that starts, like there's a little more activity, builds more activity, builds more activity and just keeps going from there. Exactly. Exactly. And then there's different things like I mentioned earlier, and Richard just came out with this, a little graphic, a carousel post that's pretty helpful. And it literally says like the weight of everything and how many points each thing is. And so he does it like comment, comment by author, response by author, response by someone else, comment by a second degree connection, comment by a third degree connection and like the weight of them all. Right. So like it gets really specific (laughs) in how LinkedIn's algorithm works. And so for example, If you were to get a comment, Jane, from second degree and third degree connections on your posts, and then I were to comment, those people's comments would weigh more than mine because you and I are connected. Mm -hmm. So LinkedIn's going to give you more points for those people than they are for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And then let's say that I comment and then someone responds to my comments. That's going to give you even more points because I'm having someone totally different respond to my comment, not just you responding to my comment. Yeah. You know, Love so that. Like, to make the conversation happen. Exactly. Like LinkedIn is looking at like, how can we reward creators that are starting dialogue with people outside of their community? And that's huge for LinkedIn because they want yeah. this to happen. They're trying to build this community. And the more you can reach people that are not your first degree connections and have those dialogues and those conversations, the more LinkedIn's like, man, this person's legit. Okay. Okay. I'm going to yeah. share the content more. So interesting. So I have so many questions. I could go on and on. I'm like writing more questions as I come up with them. The main question for us to keep in mind then when posting on our personal, to build our personal brand or on behalf of our company or or our company's post is how to boost the conversation and largely Mm -hmm. outside of our immediate network and get that conversation Mm -hmm. going. Interesting. And how does editing a post come into play? Does that impact anything at all? Because I've had so many people that are like, oh, I can't edit the post now, but I see a typo or like there's something I want to add and I missed it. (laughs) Uh huh. So as of uh, late, they it doesn't matter, according to Richard. So he's tested this out recently with with thousands of posts. And he says that it now does not impact your reach. It used to, but it doesn't now as much. So feel free to edit typos. Cool. As of yeah. June, 2023. As of literally, <laughs> yeah. And who knows? Exactly. I'm like, this was like literally as of like two weeks ago. So yeah. don't, don't mark my words on this two months from now. Again, like this is why it is constantly changing. But at the end of the day, like if you have a massive typo, even when, even when it wasn't cool to edit, 
I'm like so OCD. <laughs> if I see something that's like a yes. typo, I'm like, oh, hell no. I'm not leaving that up there because the yeah. author doesn't like it. Like I'm editing that. That's just my personality though. Like I'm yeah. very like type A OCD. I don't like to look at my errors, you know? Yeah, same. So I I'm would not delete like- and repost. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I don't live and breathe by all these algorithm rules yeah. is my point of what I'm trying to tell you, but it is yeah. helpful to know these things. But at the end of the day, again, do what works best for your brand, provide value, do the right thing and be a human being. That's, that's kind yeah. and helping people, you know, like don't do everything for the algorithm, but pay yeah. attention. Cause it does, it does help when you know these things. I mean, it's, it's so parallel to SEO, right? Where it's, yeah. there's so many rules to follow and they're always changing, yep. but at the core of it, yep. if you focus on quality, you're good. Yes. Everything should work out because the quality is there. <laughs> exactly. And that's why probably it was such an easy transition for me to go yes. from SEO nerd to LinkedIn nerd, you know? Yeah. And I'm so still an similar. SEO nerd. I just don't do, I just don't offer those services anymore. But everything yeah. that I do, it's so ingrained in me that it's like, I have SEO in mind with everything, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's a valid point you make. Like it is, it's like, we're constantly having to learn what the hell these algorithms like. But at the end of the day, they like quality, like yeah. all the algorithms love valuable content that help people and how they attribute that is in multiple different ways, but they know, like they can tell when content is quality, you know, and they're going to reward yeah. you for that regardless. And how valuable are hashtags being that you need to kind of get through to an audience that's beyond your immediate first level of connections? How do mm -hmm. you get there? Because it it's really, it has to be kind of through A, your engagement, of course, right? Because if you're first, I keep saying first party, <laughs> data, <laughs> top of mind, first yes. zero party yes. data. <laughs> but as your first le level connections engage, then of course it gets in front of their audience, you hope. But is there another mm -hmm. way like leveraging the hashtags and how to best do so? Yeah. So again, as of really recent algorithm news, um, apparently hashtags don't matter that much. I still use them because yeah. if you click on them, it'll show you posts from, you know what I mean? I still, yeah. so I still think that people follow hashtags and they might be looking for content ideas and you might show up, but they're not as important as they used to be. So mm. do what you want, but I always use hashtags and I try not to use more than like, typically don't use more than 10 because it could trigger spam filter. Yeah. I usually only do like three to five, usually around five is what I do. Yeah. And I like branded hashtags. I still like using them, but don't expect to get loads of second and third degree connections, finding your content because of your hashtags. Now, I don't think it hurts by any means. So that's why I'm still using them. It's not hurting me, yeah. but I don't think it's driving thousands and thousands of impressions either. So it's like, Meh, do what you want. Yeah. Do you think that keywords matter more now? Getting back to kind of SEO yeah, on the feed. I do. I do think keywords ah. matter because if, if you think of every social media site as a search engine and every search engine as a search engine, right? Like we are going to all these sites, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, Google. Yeah. Or me, DuckDuckGo, right? Privacy yeah. girl over here. I'm like, DuckDuckGo. <laughs> <laughs> Although Love my it. whole business is ran on Google. I still am a DuckDuckGo fan. <laughs> Everyone is using these things to find information. And so everything is a search engine now. And so I'm, I am always thinking of SEO in mind with everything I do on social media and LinkedIn is no different. So people are typing keywords into LinkedIn to find certain things. So when your profile is optimized for those keywords and your content is optimized for those keywords, you have a much higher chance of actually showing up when people are searching for those things. Yeah. Okay. So we have to start applying. It's all about cross-channel sharing, right? Same as like the, yep. the mantra you learn in 101 marketing, like paid search yes. needs to talk to SEO and vice versa. Yes. 
They mm-hmm. also need to talk to your social team so that everything is mm-hmm. working together. Like what's working on paid search and what's working organically. That's what we need to be focused on in our social efforts too and conversations. 100%. Let's see. Are there any other recent algorithm updates that ha- are important to note or things that seem to be working lately? that weren't working before or vice versa. Like you said, videos are now all yeah. of a sudden picking so, up. Speaking of videos, I posted today about this. LinkedIn's getting rid of the profile video feature. So mm. a week from yesterday, they you can no longer add a cover story video. And, and if you all who are listening don't know what that is, basically, if you check out my profile, you will see that if you hover over my headshot, you'll see me talking on camera. And if you click it, it's a video of me talking for 30 seconds about what I do. And that's, they launched this in 2021. And recently they came out and said, hey, not enough people are using this and we're just going to ditch it. So, mm. but if you have it, you're grandfathered in, right? So people who do it still get to keep it. And I've been preaching for salespeople, especially to do this yeah. since day one, because it's a great way to stand out and build quick rapport with people when they can see you talking on camera. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of video. I've been using it for years. It's my biggest revenue driver without a doubt video for me. Yeah. So I've gotten tons of great feedback from it. So I like posted today. I'm like, you got a week, like do it. And I think it's personally, I think it's super, like super silly. I was going to say stupid, silly, which is same thing. <laughs> <laughs> super stupid, silly. That's a, that's a tongue twister to, for them to do this. Because yeah. again, it's like, if you're trying to get people to build community and build relationships, like why are you ditching something that like shows people that like the human beings behind the profile, but whatever. Yeah. It doesn't seem like too much to maintain on their end either. Yeah. You wouldn't think so. So it's, I think it's annoying that they're doing it, but again, like I'm glad that I get to keep mine, you know, granted it's a year old and my hair is way different now, but it's fine. (laughs) I look look a little different, got some new offerings, but it's fine. We'll leave it up. It it serves a point. You can redo it. You have six days, right? (laughs) I know I was going to, and I was like, oh man, now that I'm in Hawaii and I don't have like my backdrop in California, Uh, like this is too, it's just too hard. (laughs) Again, going back to my OCD, it's too much. It's too yep. much for me to handle. Yep. I want everything to be perfect. I'm like going to compare the lighting and everything. Right. So yeah. that's one thing that's changing. And then LinkedIn was beta testing another carousel. It's not the PDF carousel. It's you could add videos with images and they were calling it a carousel and yeah. um, that they ditched that too. So <sighs> that just happened in the last week. They're like, okay, no more profile videos and no more new carousels. And people were freaking out. They're like, what? No more carousels. And that's, it's not the PDF documents. We just like, as marketers, we called those carousels, but technically yeah. like LinkedIn doesn't even call them carousels. They're PDFs, you yeah. know, or they're documents, you know, yeah. they're yes. not called carousels. They're called documents. We yes. all just like coined them carousels. You know, I just so, recently learned this because I went to go in to start using carousels and LinkedIn for my company page. And I couldn't find it for the life of me because it's under documents. So for anyone else who's old like me and and hadn't figured that out yet, look under documents and you have to upload it as a multi-page PDF to get the carousel. Yes, (laughs) it is not actually called carousel. (laughs) So people were up in arms. They were like, what? No more carousels? And we're like, nah, nah, nah. That's not what we mean. We mean what LinkedIn deems as a carousel. So they're getting rid of that too. So just recently, they're coming out with a ton of updates. Uh, LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a completely different beast than what you and I have yes. been discussing this entire uh, podcast episode, yeah. but they have some awesome new tools. Um, I train a lot of sales teams on uh, Sales Navigator and a new, uh, one of my favorites is the intent based tool. So you can Ooh. install a little tag on your website and depending on what you use, like Cognizant, that's the tool I think that's what my clients use. And so it'll pull like 
data and then it'll show you like these people in that fit this bucket with the intent are also visiting your profile or they're visiting the company page and it'll like high buyer intent, medium buyer intent, low buyer intent. It's pretty rad. It's awesome. Very so cool. they're coming out with amazing new tools for B2B prospecting. Sales Navigator is like, it's by far becoming like the best tool for B2B prospecting and social selling. Yeah. There's so much data now. And then the fact that you can add this tag to your website and I'll get intent data plus with these other tools that companies are using with buyer intent. It's like, we have no excuse now not to yeah. focus on those, those people that are the lowest hanging fruit and highest buyer intent. And LinkedIn used to hold all of this like super tight and not really work well with any other tools. So it seems like they're opening yeah. that up if they're working they with are. these intent tools. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, they've always, so they've inter integrated with Salesforce for a while, right? Yeah. And so Microsoft, obviously, because Microsoft owns it. So yeah. I think they are trying to be like the end all be all. Like they know that like they're going to have to start doing more things like this and offering the intent to, and it's not like they integrate necessarily. It's not like they're like, we integrate with these intent based tools. That's not how it really works. It's just like a yeah. tag and then it pulls in different stuff, but that is a good sign that they are, they're trying to make the lives of B2B sellers easier. Yeah. Because awesome. tools are evolving rapidly. And now we got AI involved and it's like Microsoft owns open yeah. AI and chat GBT. And so I think they know that like, Hey, we got to keep up on our game too, and be offering these cutting edge services, if you will, solutions within our existing yeah. solutions to help B2B sellers, because we have the opportunity to do so. So why wouldn't yeah. we do that? I to think we're going to see more and more of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To keep it highly valuable and wanting people use it and wanting people paying for it. Cause sales navigator is not cheap, especially the enterprise yeah. licenses. It's not cheap yes. at all. Right. And so they know that like, Hey, we got to keep people on this we got to keep people realizing how valuable it is. So we need to keep upping the ante and, and giving them more. Yeah. And I think AI, we're going to see them, especially since they own OpenAI, I think in the next... I didn't even realize months, that, that they owned OpenAI. Yeah, wow. Microsoft bought it. So wow. we're going to start... They're already testing this out, girl. They're already testing this out in different countries to where it's like a chat GPT function on LinkedIn that will help you write your profile, your bio, like wow. on LinkedIn. It'll wow. like scan your everything, your job history, and it'll help write your bio. And there's another tool that literally like the, a Twitter guy posted about this a couple weeks ago or last week. And it was like a tweet, a product guy is testing this out on behalf of LinkedIn and writing posts for people too. Wow. Like we're getting get so ideas. spoiled and used to this where like inside every tool we use, it just writes uh -huh. things for us. To yeah, then tweet. but then I'm like, are we going to be bots <laughs> talking to bots? Like yeah. where is this heading? You know what I mean? It's like... yeah. Because there's how already does the engagement happen. That yeah, part that too. always has to be manual, at least for now. It, it doesn't. Seems like no, that, it doesn't. there's tools that can write comments for you now too. We're testing no. them all out. Yeah, Engage what? AI is one. There's loads. Like Engage AI is the most popular one. So just literally go to Google and type in Engage AI LinkedIn commenting. Because there's all sorts of Engage AI tools, but it's like yeah. you need to type in like Engage AI LinkedIn commenting and you'll see it. Okay. And it's pretty rad. It's a Chrome plugin. And as you're perusing LinkedIn, girl, like it'll like, it'll be a little tiny thing next to the comment button. You click it and it'll say positive reply, inquisitive reply, controversial reply, whatever. Like you want to be combative. Wow. You want to start a conversation. You want to leave a happy reply. Do you want to leave and a congratulations And it's not just basic, reply? like great share. Cause I see that a oh. lot on LinkedIn. <laughs> It's actually legit. However, wow. so we are using like, I'm the guinea pig always for using all the tools before I take them to my clients and be like, hey, here's yeah. the options, you know? Smart. And I, with anything I, AI, I am always a huge fan of like, please reword it. Please make yes. it sound like you. Do not copy and paste. And this is the same for commenting. So yeah. with that said though, when we started using this, 
sometimes you'll be like, that's that's lame. And other times I'll be like, damn, that's better than what I would have said. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm still going to take a few things and make it sound like Mandy in my tone. But I'm thinking like, that's something that like, that's that's great. Like, I wish I would have came up with that. Like, great idea. It at least gets you started, right? That's been the biggest asset for me for AI. Yes. And that's what I've been telling my uh, my clients too. I'm like, look, if if this is all new to you, if you're not super comfortable with, with leaving comments and posting content, use these tools, use the commenting tool, get it to help you get your juices flowing, edit it and then post it, but it's going to crank out. You'll be able to comment a lot more when you use these tools. So, but you can also tell when people are blatantly just copying and pasting AI comments. I guess, especially if you know the person, right? (laughs) Yeah. Or if it's like a foreigner that you've never seen before in India and they have like two followers and then they leave this like massive English written you know what I mean? That yes, sounds better, yes. like more, uh, you know, more yeah. formal than what I would have written it. I'm like, that's a red flag, yeah. you know? So AI testing. <laughs> yes. So you can tell too. That's why I'm like, it needs to still sound like a human, but it's a great way to help you get going. And how much we've, I forgot to ask this earlier, but how much is commenting on other people's posts impact your reach ultimately? Yeah, a lot, a lot. Okay. So I tell people to comment five times a day minimum. Wow. I'm like, start with five okay. comments a day. Meaning it's almost comments, more important not... than posting yourself then. It is. Yeah. Because you can Ooh. actually get far more reach from leaving comments than you can write in your own posts. Because the thing is, is when you're leaving comments, multiple people from outside your network are seeing those comments, yeah. you know? And if it's a killer comment on a post that has a lot of engagement, there's no doubt you're going to get new connections and people seeing that comment and maybe even replying to that comment. And then you can use that comment to make your own post. So if you have a good comment and you're like, oh, people love that, copy and paste it into an ideas document. Next week, take that comment, make a post out of it. Wow. So there's so many ways to capitalize on the power of of commenting. And I say this story all the time, but I did have a, a client it was part of a, a team I trained and she went out and this was like a year or so ago and took what she learned from me, left a comment on an influencer's post. And by the end of the day, she had 400 new connection requests. Wow. From one what? comment. One really yeah. good comment. One amazing <laughs> comment. Super smart and very targeted in, in the niche, right? Wow. A very intelligent comment, obviously that she put thought into, but that's the power of commenting. Like, one post normally doesn't even get you 400 connection requests, yeah. you know, let alone yeah. a comment. So commenting is really, really important, especially because if you're trying to build your thought leadership and your personal brand, like it's all about community. It's not like, Hey, listen to me and how great I am. Like you yeah. got to contribute. You got to be a part of the conversation. Not to mention it's like the law of reciprocity. It, Jane, if I'm commenting on your yeah. stuff, you're going to be way more inclined to comment on my stuff because so we're helping true. each other out. You without know, even thinking how, about it, you are, Without right? even thinking about it. That's yeah. just, that's how we're wired as human beings, unless we're like complete sociopaths. But like most yeah. of us, that's how we're wired, you know? Like, yeah. I want to help you because you helped me. And so you so can't true. do this alone by just blasting connection requests and posting amazing content. You have to be part of the dialogue. So true. It all comes back to like the golden rule of treat others how you want to be treated, right? In yes. a way, it's like... Do what you want to be done to you. It's so interesting. How do you find the posts for you or for your clients to comment on? Is it like searching and for keywords? Mm -hmm. So going back to actually using it for prospecting, Sales Navigator is the best way because you can build Mm. hyper-targeted lists of prospects, industry influencers, partners, kind of like your go-to people. And so that's the easiest way. Obviously not everyone has Sales Navigator. I understand that. So with that said... 
ring people's bells. Like you can ring mm-hmm. the bell on people that you want to make sure you're commenting on. So I'll always do that. And then literally use hashtags and keywords in the search engine. And that's why I do like using hashtags still, because I follow certain hashtags and I'll type in hashtags in the search bar and it's going to show you, you can sort by posted in the last 24 hours, posted from people in my network, posted from people outside of my network. Like LinkedIn has a lot of really, LinkedIn.com, not the free yeah. version, has a lot of really cool search parameters that you can find very specific content and timely content that was like just posted. And then you can sort by like most recent, most popular. So that's a good way too. And I always like telling people, depending on how you're using LinkedIn, um, if you're using it, obviously to drive up revenue too, depending on what your your role is, either as a BDR, SDR, AE, even if you're an entrepreneur trying to use it for Legion, you should always have like prospects you're going to comment on clients you comment on industry influencers you comment on friends just business friends that you help each other out right like yeah. these are all different buckets like you can't just be like i'm only commenting on prospects that i want to close like you have to be strategic and have these different buckets and you don't have to do like one of each every day like you still need to be fluid here with, with commenting yeah. and, and make it natural but when you have these okay i know for a fact these people fall in this certain bucket, I'm going to do this. And then when you're just coming across stuff in your feed and, and it resonates with you, leave a comment. Maybe it follows outside of your bucket, your strategic bucket. That's fine. Just leave a comment, right? So you yeah. don't have to be super strategic all the time, but it does help to have at least a plan of action, especially for prospecting. Like I'm huge on, please, please, please comment on your clients and your prospects posts. Like at yeah. a minimum, you know, when you're using That's it, when salespeople great, are using it. free, obvious and hindsight point <laughs> yeah. to make sure you're commenting on your, your actual clients' even, posts. <laughs> yeah. And even the company pages, right? So I'm talking about company pages and individuals, both clients and prospects. Mm. So like company pages love when you engage with their stuff because company pages get less engagement for the most part. So if you have clients or prospects or even partners that are valuable to you and you want to keep that relationship going or, or start a relationship with people, if it's a prospect, then yeah. comment on the company's posts too. Because then technically you could use that as dialogue when you're reaching out to the, the VP when, that you're yes. trying to, the CMO or whoever your ICP is. You could literally use that as ammo. Like, hey, congratulations. I just saw that you got a new round of funding or I, I read your Q3 financial report and saw this blah, blah, blah. And then maybe put the link to it and then they'll click it and they'll see that you actually commented. And then that starts the dialogue. Yes. You know what I mean? Like there's so many ways to maximize this that people just don't think about because they're lazy or they don't know. Mm-hmm. You can see your sales coming through, Mandy. <laughs> I know, right? So I can't shut it off. <laughs> I love it. What is one thing that you see most companies doing poorly or not doing right on LinkedIn? content that is just linking to blogs or white papers <laughs> or webinar signup pages. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just like link nothing, spamming the feed. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you're trying like be more creative though, you know, like don't just yeah. post, like send people off of LinkedIn, like get creative and maybe like put it in the comments sometime and give people value. But like, that's the biggest thing that companies are doing wrong. They're just not putting enough effort into the types of content that people actually want. Like people don't care about just seeing nonstop webinar invites and white yeah. paper and blog links. Like they just don't. Like you need to think outside the box a little more and provide value with them. And so one thing that companies are really neglecting is getting their people involved even on the company page. So let's take personal brands outside of this. Yeah. Involve your people on the company page. Post about them. Post pictures of them. Post about your clients. I'm not just talking about your employees, your clients. Get your clients involved. Tag them. Your partners, tag them. Ask questions. Like the companies just aren't leveraging their people and their yeah. relationships as much as they could be on LinkedIn. And that's a really big thing that I 
try to stress with people is like, get creative here. Like use your people, use your clients. Like people are more than happy to help collaborate, especially when you shout them out, you know, like your clients are going to love if they love you, obviously (laughs) they're going to, they're going to like the fact that you tag them and are talking about them because it brings more visibility to them. And so it's like, let's try to leverage these relationships we have with people and spotlight companies and spotlight your employees. Because again, to your point earlier, Jane, like this is a community driven platform. It's not just people to people, it's business to business too. So when businesses are building community the right way, it resonates with people more than just read our latest blog. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's lame. Like people yeah. don't want to see that over and over again. Yeah. It all comes back to community in every aspect of su- succeeding on LinkedIn. Yeah. And, and that's why life. community managers are key. <laughs> and in life, exactly. <laughs> relationships. I mean, let's get real. It's all about relationships and life and business, everything, yeah, you know, everything. and that's why like having community managers is key. Like we're, we actually have awesome new programs we're launching that do all these things I'm telling you about and give community managers the exact systems they need to follow like this, 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 and this like to a T with little video tutorials. And then if they need help finding community managers, we can do that too. But we're now like going all in on this because this is the present and the future. And so like, if your company doesn't have like dedicated people to be community managers to do this, you can get outside help to do it. But like, it's something you need to consider because this is how sales works now. This is B2B sales. Like the old days of blasting cold emails and picking up the phone nonstop and not having a community driven presence. Like those are over. It doesn't work anymore. It's so, I'm still a huge proponent of all the things, email, cold call, all of it, but you have to have it in conjunction with what we've been talking about all day here. So true. And the inbound game has changed drastically right now in this economy. So 2023, it seems like this is a, the biggest lever to pull right now, the community lever with LinkedIn. 100% because it's so noisy and with everything happening right now and budgets being slashed and people getting laid off. and, And it's just a crazy time that we're living in. And the more that you can resonate with people on a deeper level, yeah. the more you're going to succeed. And you can't do that without building a genuine community and tribe of people and providing value and being real and authentic. And that is key. And I think that companies aren't trying hard enough to do that or, or they don't realize that how important it is. And so they're just doing the bare minimum to slap some stuff up there because, hey, we have to, it's branding. And they're yeah. not realizing that like, look, there is so much potential here. If you just dedicate some time and resources to this, it's going to take yeah. off in 10X plus your ROI, but it's a change management thing too. Like yeah. these old school companies, they, they don't have it in their brains that like, this is how it works now. And so it's like, you have to almost educate them and, and prove to them like, look, this is the way things work. Like we have to dedicate resources to this. And it's crazy that so many companies aren't still doing that. Even with like, yeah. you and I could talk about this all day long and like the proof yeah. is there, but it's just when you have these organizations that are old school and they've been doing things for so long, it's a yeah. mindset shift that they just haven't hopped on yet. Hopped on the train. So true. Everyone hop on the LinkedIn train. <laughs> but I, it's so, I feel like we need to have this call like once a quarter to see what's changed right? and what's going true. on, like the current state of LinkedIn. <laughs> right? We might have to schedule that out. Yeah. But thank I'd you so game. much, Mandy, for, for joining. This has been amazing. Sure. I do have yeah. so many more questions. If anyone else has questions out there, I have to ask, where's the best place to find you, Mandy? <laughs> we all probably LinkedIn. Yes, of course. Hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm easy to find. So that is the best place. Yeah. And I'll put links to a few of the things and people that Mandy has mentioned. This Richard guy, I'm going to look him mm-hmm. up. He's new to me. Yeah. Sad awesome. to say. So I'm going to start following him and I'll, I'll find some yes. links and, and put them in the show notes below. 
Perfect. Thank you, everybody, for listening in. Thank you, Mandy, for joining us. And everybody, if you're listening, if you like today's show, please rate, review, like, share with a friend. It's all about building the community, right? So let's build the Women in B2B Marketing community. Thanks, everyone.